What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Malari. So I'm going to preview tonight's game for the Clippers versus Celtics. Big matchup there for the Celtics and the Clippers. Obviously, they've played once during the season so far. Clippers are the better of the Celtics in that game, but tonight... Could be a different game for the Celtics, considering they have Robert Williams and Al Horford back. Both those guys were not on the floor for the Celtics the last time the Clippers played the Celtics. Uh, the last time they met, the Clippers won that game 113-93 in L.A. The Celtics' worst loss of the season, actually. The first time the Celtics were held under 100 points on the year was during that game. The Celtics were 23.1% shooting from the three-point line in that game, 9 of 39 which actually is tied for a season low in three-pointers made in a single game. Nine for the Celtics in that game was uh, tied for a season low. So not the best shooting after the Celtics. I've always said that they rely on the three-point shooting way too much. Obviously, yeah, if you can shoot threes at 45% a night, that's great. But that's not going to be something you can hold on to the entire season and rely on game in and game out. I think once the playoffs come, you're going to need to find a way by April, the end of the regular season, to score the ball other than just shooting the three. You need to be consistent in the paint as well. I know once you play in the playoffs and you have to play a team seven times in a seven-game series, they're going to pick up on a lot of those things by the end. They're going to pick up a lot of those things. You have to find another way to score. And the Clippers play great defense around the perimeter. Great defense around the perimeter and then even a foot in inside the arc. They play very good defense, very strong as well. So obviously the Celtics were bound to have a bad shooting night at some point. And that first time they played the Clippers this year, 23.1% to the three-point line. Obviously, it was not a great night. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George at 51 points combined. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown only combined to 31 in that game. The Clippers out-rebounded the Celtics 57-46 in that game. But as I said, the Celtics did not have Robert Williams and Al Horford. So two big losses, not having either one of those guys on the floor. Big difference having them back in the lineup. Rather than the Celtics having to have Blake Griffin play extended minutes like they did in that first time they played the Clippers. Another thing you look at, the Clips only had nine turnovers in that game. The Celtics had 15. The Clips are 10 to 25, shooting from the three-point line for 40% field goal percentage from three. And Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were great in that game. 26 points, six rebounds, three assists for Paul George. Kawhi Leonard was 25 points, nine rebounds, six assists, and a plus 23 rating in that game. Jason Tatum, 20 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, off seven of 20 shooting, had a minus 18 rating in that game. Tonight's game, the Celtics are favored in this game by six and a half points, meaning the Clips are six and a half point underdogs. I know the Clippers did play the Celtics very hard last time. I know without Robert Williams and Al Horford, that's a different team. I think the Clippers can still pull to win tonight. I think it'll be a close game, though. I think the Clippers can win in a very close one. I'm not sure if I'm going to put a score on it. But uh, as for guys that are out in tonight's game, Blake Griffin will be inactive for the Celtics with an illness. Same thing with Malcolm Brogdon as well. As for the Clippers, their entire lineup is healthy. Now I'm going to give a quick breakdown of what's happened recently for the Clippers and the Celtics. So I'll start off with the Clippers. The Clips have the best win percentage in the NBA when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard played together in the same game. Only 12 games have played together. 9-3 record, though, in those 12 games. I'm going to break down the last few games for the Clippers. They played the Pistons on Monday night. They were down in that game 126-112 to with three minutes to go. They finished the game, the last three minutes of regulation, on a 16-2 run. They finished the last three minutes of regulation on a 16-2 run, led mostly by the second unit. Nick Batum, Norman Powell, Amir Coffey, Moses Brown, Luke Kennard got the Clippers back in the game. Terrence Mann had an elite shot with three seconds to go to tie the game with the shot clock running out to send the game to overtime, which was huge. And this is a crazy statistic. Heading into Monday night, teams went trailing by 14-plus with three minutes to go since 1997, had only two wins, in 12,873 losses. So they had two wins to 12,873 losses when trailing by 14 or more points with three minutes to go in a game since 1997. The Clippers were down 126 to 112. 
Down 14 with three minutes to go. Somehow rallied, finished the game, the end of regulation on a 16-2 run in the last three minutes. End up tying the game, sending it to overtime, and won the game in overtime, 142-133, to and outscored the Pistons 14-3 in overtime. They were led heavily by Paul George, 32 points, 4 rebounds, 11 assists, with 3 steals and a block for him. Marcus Morris at 16 points, 6 rebounds, and an assist in that game. Norman Powell, 16 points. There's no one on the Clippers team that attacks the rim like Norman Powell. They need someone to change the pace considering... Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have been shooting the three-point shot a lot rather than driving. Although they still do shoot that mid-range shot. They're not attacking the rim as much. So it's good someone can change up the pace and mix it up. Norman Powell's been great at that this year. John Walt, 16 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Luke Kennard, 18 points, 5 rebounds off 4 of 8 shooting from 3. And Avica Zubats had 12 points, 15 rebounds, and an assist in that game. As for the Pistons, Jaden Ivey, rookie, top draft pick in this past year's draft, 15 points, 3 rebounds, and 8 assists. Jalen Duran, another rookie, another top 15 pick for the Pistons in this past draft, had 15 points, 12 rebounds, and 2 assists in the game. And Isaiah Stewart, big man for the Pistons, had 21 points and 7 rebounds. So then the Clippers played on a back-to-back the next night in Toronto on Tuesday night. They got into their hotel in Toronto at 4 a.m. after an issue with their flight. So... Getting in at 4 a.m. after a game they just played and having to play that same night, getting in at 4 a.m. and having to play at 7 o'clock, that's a tough turnaround considering they didn't even get any sleep. Clips end up winning that game, though, 124-113, to 113, winning it by double digits. Norman Powell in a return to the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard as well. Both of those guys won the championship with the Raptors in 2019. Both played great in the return to Toronto. Norman Powell, 22 points off 8 of 14 shooting. Kawhi Leonard, 15 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists with a steal and a block. Reggie Jackson, 20 points, 1 rebound, 3 assists off 9 of 15 shooting. Paul George, 23 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. And Avica Zubats, 23 points, 16 rebounds with an assist and a block in that game as well. He was dominant in the paint. The Clippers really don't have anyone in the paint that's dominant like Avica Zubats. So it's huge to have him in the lineup. The Clippers out-rebounded Toronto 54-44 in that game, had just nine turnovers. Toronto was led in that game by Pascal Siakam, 36 points, nine rebounds, five assists, with a block and a steal for the Raptors. Gary Trent Jr. added 20 points, and Scotty Bonds had 17 points, 12 rebounds, and eight assists. Now I'm going to transition to the Celtics. Now they've been playing as of late, 25-10 record on the year. They've won three in a row. They beat the Bucks on Christmas Day. There was a huge win over Milwaukee, 139-118. They outscored Milwaukee 77-54 in the second half. Both teams, though, Milwaukee and Boston, could not stop scoring in the first quarter. Both teams are just locked in. The Celtics outscored Milwaukee 36-28 in the first quarter. That's a heavy scoring first quarter. Obviously, uh, both teams can score the ball very well. Two top seeds in the East. So you knew it was going to be a good clash of the top two teams. The difference in the game was three-point shooting. The Celtics were 19-39 of 39 from three, shooting 48.7% from the three-point line. The Bucks just 13-36 of 36 or 36% from three, which isn't bad, but the Celtics were 19-39, of 39, which is much better. The Celtics had only 11 turnovers. The Bucs turned the ball over 15 times. Jason Tatum had a great game, 41 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, off 14 of 22 shooting from the floor. Jalen Brown, 29 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists with a steal in the game. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 27 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists for the Bucs. And Drew Holiday, also for Milwaukee, had 23 points, 6 rebounds, and 7 assists. The Celtics played the Houston Rockets a couple nights ago now, just after that game, playing Milwaukee. They beat the Rockets 126-102. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for 77 points in that game. 
Jalen Brown had 30 points, three steals, and shot 14 of 26 on the floor with 6 of 15 shooting from three. Jason Tatum had 38 points of eight rebounds, four assists, and 12 of 25 shooting in the game. He had a great game yet again. Robert Williams was a difference maker in the game, in my opinion, even though Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both had great games. When you have a guy that can put in just 21 minutes of action and have 11 points and 15 rebounds and be such a big difference maker and such a disruptor in the paint, it's a huge, huge X factor for that Celtics team. And Robert Williams played great, as I said, 15 rebounds and 21 minutes of action. So it'll be a different game tonight for the Celtics considering they have Al Horford in the paint and Robert Williams. Both those guys were not in that game when they played the Clippers earlier in December in L.A. So it'll obviously be a tougher game for the Clippers tonight than it was the last time they played. As I said, the Clippers won that game 113-193. to 20 points was the biggest loss of the season for the Celtics. So at the end of the day, it's obviously going to be a different game now with both of those guys, Horford and Williams, being back. I'm going to give the Clippers the edge, winning this game by a couple points. But as I said, I would not be surprised if the Celtics were to be different tonight with those two guys being back. And the Clippers really only have Avica Zubats as a presence in the paint. So we'll see what happens in tonight's game. I'm looking forward to it. As you guys know, I'm a big Clippers fan. Been a big Clippers fan now for a couple seasons. I've always been a Paul George fan. I like Kawhi Leonard as well. I became a slight fan of them in 2019-2020 in that season, their first season together in L.A. Right before the pandemic started, I started liking them a little bit more. I had both of them in my fantasy basketball team freshman year at B.C. Neither one really ever played together, though, because they were load managing on different nights in their first season together. And then it was that Western Conference Finals run in 2021 that season when I got really locked in. And then now over the past year, I've become more of a fan every single night. So I'm a huge Clippers fan. Obviously a big game for me here and a lot of bragging rights on the line. The Clippers can get another win against the Celtics, but we'll see what happens. Anyways, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good one. Thank you.